Cold shower, lads. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to Death by Pod. You know what it is, and if you don't, it's our little horror movie podcast where, funnily enough, all we do is talk about horror movies. My name is Matt Hudson, aka The Virgin Hunter, and joining me, as ever, is the Dame of Pain herself. It's Elizabeth, aka Bloggy Balboa. How you doing, mate? Hello, I am good. Holy hymens, Batman, they're killing virgins. Yeah, <laughs> funny enough, that Hyman thing I've got in one of my notes. Um, oh. Before we talk about that horror movie crap, let me be the first, by the way. I want to be the first person to pass on congratulations for your upcoming nuptials. Anyone who follows Bloggy on socials <laughs> will know that she's due to get married soon, I believe. All right, I'll add a bit of context into that. I'm not, <laughs> you not might, due you might to get to. married. Uh, I just mentioned my mum was talking about stuff and I said, well, you know, we'd probably get a house before we got married because, you know, a mortgage. Sensible. Yeah. And then I got a message from her saying that basically my dad was would pay and that they'd help. And if we want to get married at any point, that's totally fine. Oh, really quite sweet, though, as well, if, if not slightly pushy. It, yeah, I get this like every other day. So it's <laughs> <laughs> well, because you also you also got your hair did. You're not red no more. You're back to blonde blocky. So I was like, oh, it must be to compliment the veil. Yeah, it's uh, it's the three Bs: blonde, blocky, Balboa. Oh, I had to try and work out what that was. <laughs> I was like, blonde, blocky. What's the other one? Oh, good. I'm glad you're all right. Um, more importantly, as per tradition, dinner. What have you had? Oh, I had a stir fry tonight. I've had. Oh, no, did you make hinges. it? Yeah. Nice. What did you have in it? Um, it was just vegetables and some seaweed. It's I'm not I'm not a veggie, but I just couldn't be bothered to cook the chicken. So takes a bit longer, doesn't it? It's nice, but it takes a bit longer. What did you eat? Oh man, I had a, a chilled pizza from the co-op because again, it's it's been one of those days. It's been a it's been a slog of a day for many for various reasons. Um, and I was like, right, I'm, I'm at the co-op. I needed to pick some stuff up. I'm going to get a 12 minute oven job in a uh, pizza and it wasn't even, it wasn't even that nice. And I said that about five weeks ago on this exact same show, but I put myself through the ringer again. So um, I'm unsatisfied tonight. Um, So, but hopefully this show goes well considering. Give you something to get your teeth into. Oh, sink my teeth into. And just as a side note, I've just been watching the one show on BBC one. It's on currently on mute. I'm a pro and Dame Christian Scott Thomas looks like she'd rather pull her own um, sphincter out than be on this show, which I find hilarious. She looks so <laughs> annoyed at having to be on like terrestrial television in the United Kingdom. But that aside, Death by Pod, this is what we do. Me and Blogger, we, we meet up periodically over the airwaves. Uh, we have a virtual beer and we talk about one horror movie per episode. Uh, and we dive into it. What did we like? What didn't we like? And have a little minutiae as well. So Bloggy, what on earth are we talking about this time? This time we're talking about Cherry Falls. Bum, bum. And uh, as we usually say, I always forget, and Bloggy has to remind me, spoilers all the way through, guys. If you haven't seen Cherry Falls, we are about to absolutely take it apart, spoil it for you. So go watch It's an hour and a half. Go and watch it. Have, have a cup of tea, have a beer. By the time you've done that, come back and listen to us. Maybe you'll agree with us. Hopefully you will. Riddled with spoils. <laughs> all right, so I will tell you a little bit about... Cherry Falls. It's directed by Jeffrey Wright. It was released on August 25th, the year 2000. God, that was 20, 20 years, years ago. Nearly it is 20. Well, no, it's not because it's August 19 20. and a half years ago. <laughs> 
Okay, so it's got Brittany Murphy as Jodie Markin, Jay Moore as Leonard Milestone, Gab Gabriel Mann as Kenny Ascot, Michael Bain. Is that how you say his name? Is it Bain? 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 Michael Bain? Or Bain? Do, 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 do. As Sheriff Brian Markin. <laughs> 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 if you haven't seen that YouTube, it goes Bain. I was right, so I was talking about this at work. Do they still sell BN and BN biscuits? Yes, I swear I saw them in Asda yesterday. In I Asda? swear. Yep. Have you seen them anywhere else? I've got Tesco, mm. I've got a Lidl, Iceland. No, Lidl won't sell them. Lidl will mm. sell like, their own ones, like AM or something. <laughs> um, I don't know. Sainsbury's like the sort of place we'd do them. Tesco, I'm surprised, don't. Oh, I haven't seen them. In... Or internet. Anyway, should we talk about the film and not talk about BNs? Well, it got me hungry now, but <laughs> what gets me even more hungry, talking about sinking my teeth into something, Bloggy's famous synopsis. What on earth is this movie all about, mate? Okay, so this movie is about, and I'm doing this completely off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. so it's about a town called Cherry Falls, as you might have guessed, and uh, someone starts killing virgins, so the sheriff decides that all the all the virgins in the town have got to have sex. And that is pretty much it, isn't it? It is. That's it. It's a simple film. That's, that's it. That's why I call myself the Virgin Hunter, not because I'm a, a lustful pervert. It's because of this film. Basically, yeah. Uh, you Virgin... always make that distinction as well. If you ever do that, you know, in a bar, you know, any social setting, if you introduce yourself as the Virgin Hunter, you should make that distinction. <laughs> if, I, if I ever do it. <laughs> when do I never do it? Um, that's my nickname around these parts. Here comes a Virgin Hunter, VH. Um, that's pretty much it as a serial killer, a slasher going around, killing virgins. Um, how the, I mean, maybe that's a plot point. I don't know how they know they're virgins, but I'm sure we can get into that. But um, yeah, 20 odd years old, this is. Of course, starring um, Brittany Murphy. It's kind of a, a vehicle for her. Rest in peace. Uh, I think she passed away, was it 2009? Yes, I think I'm saying yes as if I have any idea. It sounds right though. I think it was. Yeah, <laughs> I, think she, I think she passed away from pneumonia. I think, which is a shame because she's only what, but she's only in her mid to late twenties as well, which is a which is a shame. But this film wasn't actually released in the in, theatrically in the United States because, well, they're all a bit soft over there and they couldn't handle it. It's basically what the um, censorship boards over there thought because over here in Europe and the UK, it got released um, theatrically. It didn't make a lot, a lot of money. But it didn't get it got released straight onto television in the United States. I don't know if it subsequently got a release, but I found that quite fascinating because it cost fourteen million dollars to make the damn thing, only for it to be thrown straight onto TV is a odd choice for me. Yeah, I, I read somewhere that the the original script was really like that's where all the satire comes from. It was supposed to be a comedy, and they just cut all the comedy out and slapped a load of blood in there and really pissed the sense of people off. Yeah, I saw some of the uh, alter, alternate scenes and they were, more, I haven't seen them, I, I've read about them and they were a lot more graphic and probably would have been quite good to see. But as we do on this show, as I keep saying on every episode, we don't make you wait till the end after all of the hyperbole and the good stuff. We tell you straight up whether we like the film or not and then we tell you why we did or we didn't. So Bloggy, this was actually your choice, Cherry Falls. Do you like this film? Did you rewatch it? Did you think, actually, I like this more or you were a bit mm, sour on it? I really like this film and yeah, I think that now we're in a post Weinstein world, um, it's I th I think it still stands up for the most part. 
I really enjoy yeah, it. But now we can call him a filthy rapist. We can now say that legally. Yes, we can. Convicted. Boom. Fuck off, Harvey. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I uh, I watched this Saturday night or Sunday night because I've only seen this once. It probably was best part of 15 years ago. And I rewatched this and I was like, oh my God, what have you made me watch? I didn't mind this film, actually, because the more I think about it, the more I dwell on it. Um, I thought it was alright. Wasn't the biggest fan of it though. But saying that, my kind of what I what I liked list is a lot longer than what I didn't like. But some of those are ironic likes. I will say that. <laughs> um, so because I, I was what I was wondering because this is f- quite an obscure film. I guess it's a cult film. I guess you could call it. And I just wondered what it was that brought it to your attention. Was it because you really liked it, or was it just because it was there? Or? Um, I think for me it was when I um, started properly studying slasher at uni and it was just cropping up everywhere and I seem to remember, I remember looking at the cover of it in Blockbusters as we know that I used to love to do when I was a kid and it was, it was the cherry and it was kind of had someone's face reflected on it and I was like ooh, uh, yeah and I just <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, so the, I was at uni and um, shut Were, up. You? Were you studying slasher films? I was. <laughs> You're a dick. I was studying slasher <laughs> films, and this one just kept popping up in all the textbooks, and I was like, okay. So, I, and it just totally turns the conventions, the genre, it just flips it. And I think it, um, I think it has a lot to say, but we'll get into that, I suppose. Popping up like a cherry, you might say. Um, that's why I love doing shows like this with you because whereas I wasn't quite as up on it and you are and then and you obviously and you mentioned obviously the conventions and what, how it turns into said I'm now interested to see what you've got to say about it and maybe what did I miss or what went over my head because to be fair quite a lot does um, so yeah let's get into it so the good bits what what you know re- when did it, did you rewatch this at all or is it just in your memory. No, yeah, I rewatched it last night because I have a yeah. I mean, who I was when I was at uni was drunk, so that I, I watched it, but no, I remember really liking it. Um. <laughs> you did, you did, all you did at uni was get hammered, amongst other things, and watch The Simpsons. Am I right? Yeah, pretty much. Simpsons. I, yeah. <laughs> I was talking to someone about it the other day actually, and I was like, yeah, whenever I got an assignment, like we got when we were doing all the slasher stuff, I just sat there and just watched Nightmare, all the Nightmare on Elm Streets, and was like, yeah, I'm doing work. Like, this <laughs> yeah, is, this is research. And <laughs> they're probably doing what politics and law or something. Yeah, I know they're all doing like you know HR and <laughs> squares teaching and things like that. And I was like, oh God, you've actually you got to do stuff. He's going to go and work in HR. I'm saying that I did a lot at uni. Okay, I did... you <laughs> I passed really hard. I did. I passed. That's the that's the best and thing. I will say right now to literally blow smoke up your pipe that. Some of the stuff that Bloggernall did in, in in university blows the bollocks off anything I've read from most other people. I mean that, like your dissertation, psychoanalysis, fan, the fantasy kind of stuff you did was mind-blowingly good. So um, for anyone out there who thinks Bloggy's just uh, a woman who's about to give up her surname to get married, you're dead wrong. I'm keeping my name, bitch. Balboa. Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> Balboa. Like Jack Balboa. I like it. Um, yeah, but honestly, if anyone ever gets a chance to read Bloggy's work, we'll give the links at the end. And I don't mean that to be sycophantic. Honestly, do check it out. It's, it's deep and it's decent. Oh, thanks, mate. That's right. I do mean that as well. So yeah, just also, in case the lecturers are listening, she did do a good job. Yeah, I did, I did an all right job. But when I was sober. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so I didn't go to university because you know I was too I was too hip for that. I went straight into what did I do? I did a I did an elongated journalism course somewhere else, and uh, here I am now. So um, yeah, so in terms of like the scenes, moments, bits you liked, character moments, let's hit it off. You start because you are the Cherry Falls fan. What are some of the things you loved? Some of the things that I loved are um, just the way that. I kind of love the silliness of the killer when it's finally revealed. Um, I can't even remember the guy's name now, the teacher guy. It, it's just he keeps hissing like a cat. and it, <laughs> I, just love, <laughs> I just love the whole thing, though, because it, um, it, it goes like full psycho, doesn't he? It? It's a proper, like, Norman Bates uh, moment. He... That's uh, that's one of the things I've put on. I've kind of... I've straddled in the good and the bad because I actually like the reveal that... Because they kept in the film, the sheriff and principal Sizzler, what a name, were kept referring to the serial killer as he. He's he, 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 he. And I noticed that. Um, I didn't find it funny, he, he. I noticed that they just kept saying he. I was like, hmm. And then you assume it's this Laura Lee female who Sheriff um, Brent goes to goes to find in Virginia. And then it turns out, actually, yeah, it's, it's Mr. Marleston along in a wig, which I think is a pretty cool twist. And obviously the fact that he ends up being... The sheriff's son and Jody, which is Brittany Murphy's character, her half brother. Do you know what I? I dug that, and I do. I still do know. I think that's a great little twist. But the fact that every time he went mad, he'd literally run out and just go, like really <laughs> over the top. I was like, "Oh, you're fucking kidding me!" And, it, and then it, the way it was edited was just like it'd be. It would close in on like uh, Jody's face or something. Like, <gasps> and the next thing he'd be he'd be darting out of a front door going. Aah! And then, it like, and then it will cut back to like nothing, and it's the weirdest thing. Yeah, some of some of the editing in this is is a bit fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, it leaves a lot to be desired. Also, be desired. that was my deep voice. I, yes, that was very good. I enjoyed that. I've been working on that all yeah. week. Since <laughs> you out with me on Instagram, you yeah. tosser. Those last comments kind of kind of hit you a bit hard, didn't they? I cut to they cut to the bone, mate. Well, the, the the editing that I thought was really really good because like obviously some of it is a bit ambitious, isn't it? But there was um there's a bit right at the beginning where she's zipping they're zipping up a body bag and it's like as she's zipping up her black hoodie and it's like she's zipping herself into her own body yeah. bag and you're like ah oh, final girl hi mm-hmm. that's it <laughs> I think I think she's quite a good final girl actually I think she actually portrayed Brittany Murphy did a great job of being a virgin. I think honestly, she had like this like naivety and innocence, which I actually believed. But they did fall into that nasty cliche of giving her like a really childish room. Like in the beginning, she's in her bedroom and she's cuddling this like toy rabbit or something or toy bear, and her room looks like it hasn't been up, hasn't been changed or renovated for about ten years since she was like twelve. That's the only thing. One of the things I don't like about when they try to show someone's innocence is they literally make them out to be a child. And um, but I thought Brittany Murphy actually was a was a decent final girl and I think she actually played her character very well. Yeah, I mean she seems to have all these sort of conflict well, I guess just like any person does, but she's one minute she's really innocent, then one minute she's really intelligent, and then one minute she's like forcing her big toe into her boyfriend's mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got I mentioned that later on. <laughs> There's a really creepy bit actually while she's like she's she sleepwalks. That bit never gets explained. She like sleepwalks to the window, whispers to yeah. Abby, and then she turns and looks directly at the camera and breaks the fourth wall. And then it's just never explained. Like when I watched it, I was like, "Oh, there's going to be oh, she's going to sleepwalk 
something's going to happen with that. I'll remember that. And it just, <laughs> it just nope. went. I reckon it's an outtake where she was just so t- bored and tired on set and they just put it in. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's a line at the beginning of the film when um, Rod and Stacy, which sound like a couple of Simpsons characters, are they're getting it on in their car in um, in the woods, as you do in the night time. And he's going on about aliens and cosmic energy. And I was like, <laughs> you need to work on your love talk, mate. Um, and then, thankfully, they get to, he gets skewered like a juicy old Turkish kebab. And that was karma for his absolutely awful like, filth talk. But yeah, yeah I, I was like, this is such an odd way to start a film off with a guy talking about, yeah, cosmic energy, aliens, like the, the stars in the sky aligning, but not in a cool, sexy way. It's really weird. And um, But I like that they just basically dove straight into the fact that this is what you're getting into, basically. Two kids are going at it. One doesn't want to do it. Immediately, the next thing you know is they're getting sliced up. So it kind of sets its stall out very early on. Yeah, like the opener's just like, here's a rapist telling you know, sci-fi stories to his victim. And then they both get viciously killed uh, with someone who I, like, again, so I haven't seen it in ages. And I watched it and I was like, is it like sort of like a cave person? Is it like a sort of Neanderthal? And then I realised that he was just wearing this really, really awful wig. It's Leonard, isn't it? Yeah. But I did, yeah, it's just a really dark start. But I guess that's exactly the whole film is about rape being pushed into having sex when you don't want to and then being punished for it. So I was like, straight away, you've got your plot, you've got everything. And that is turning the convention on its head. Um, obviously, that's the obvious one. In horror movies, you have sex, you die. In this instance, you're not doing it. Ah, you're in trouble. So that is a, that's a clever subversion because in the, one of the next scenes, Jodie gets dumped. Well, we think she gets dumped by her boyfriend, uh, Kenny, for not putting out. And then and then she, he starts flirting with Jodie's mum right in front of her. And oh. it's like, right, this is, we could tell this is where it's going to go now. Um, and it didn't, it didn't set Kenny up to be a particularly sympathetic guy. Obviously, he gets his arc during it as well. Also made the mum look a bit of a floozy. Um, but yeah, I, so it, it, it's quite obvious through the film what, what the... What's going on? They don't. It's not. They're not um, shy in giving away their messages or the point of the story. Yeah, I thought Kenny. Uh, Kenny could have done a better job of hiding the fact that he clearly finds her mum very, very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He finishes talking to her. He like turns around and goes, uh, and then he just yeah. wonders that his girlfriend's there. And then he's like, "Oh, hi, Brittany Murphy." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck. I thought you left him. It's like he's rubbing his thighs and that. I'm probably getting into it. <laughs> Um, Moment of what, indiscretion with your mother. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? Um, I liked. I like most most of the kills. I liked um, Annette. The one of the, one of the schoolgirls. Annette. She gets proper brucked by the killer early on. Her parents are out getting hammered at some party. Gets a knock on the door, and the woman and the lady she says it's Laura Lee, uh, whatever her name is. Did your parents not say I was coming? And then she gets killed, and her parents come home and like we, see the body. And I was like, now we're getting somewhere. I, I so. I like like the the deaths, and there are other ones I'm sure we'll mention. But uh, I think that was the first, other than the Rod and Stacey after their cosmic lovemaking, their like sting tantric sex session. Um, Annette was the kind of first bruck of the film. Is that so? Did this come out after, or no? Did this come out before Scary Movie? That's a great point. It's in the same year, I think. I think. So is that the film that Scary Movie's parodying at the beginning where the wife is sucking off the dad and then they run their daughter over? Uh, the, actually, Scary Movie came out afterwards. Yeah. It's just a happy coincidence. Oh, 
Okay, that's a shame. Back to it then. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, it's not necessarily like one particular scene that I could say is like wicked, but I think that um, there's a lot of messages in here, you know, just kind of to do with sort of female sexuality and this whole idea of kind of like being a virgin and being protected and then the town just has like basically a fuck fest to keep them all safe and it I think that on one way it it kind of it's reflective of like youth culture and the anxiety on sexuality and kind of promiscuity as well because then you've got the girl that got proper brucked is being accused of like sucking her boyfriend's dick when she so she didn't do it you know that's right the canteen scene yeah yeah i can't remember she says she calls him a a shit sucking liar and he says it's better than being a cock sucking liar that's it yeah Yeah. Um, but there's um i think it also reflects parental fears which i'm not really too sure if that's necessarily happened before in in other films but i think you know and just the way this genre anyway i don't think no it's very weird like you know this the parents don't want their high school kids to be going out and having sex but imagine if you had to make them for their you know it's that kind of oh god like imagine if they could just run around and run amok with their hormones <laughs> yeah. and what will tackle out um yeah i don't know even think about me my nip is what three so i haven't got to worry about that but even like the thought of it in like 10 15 in like 10 years fuck that in like 15 years time you think oh no oh no no it's like that ain't gonna happen um yeah, it's a good point because in this genre, because obviously the, the, the teen slasher genre, this is 2000, Scream came out, what, 95, 96? Mm. So we'd had at least four or five years worth of films which were almost saying like the opposite of this film. So it was a tidy, a refreshing um, change. And yeah, about the parents and that, I can't think of one off the top of my head anyway. They're, they're, I'm sure there are more. Um, and probably, probably comedies which do it, which are kind of almost like the parents forcing their kids to do it, but it's not really very funny comedy if there is one of that. But, um, but yeah, the, it's, there's definitely messages about the, from the female angle as well. And, um, written by a bloke as well, Jeffrey Wright. So do you reckon he, uh, and obviously whoever wrote it with him, do you reckon they kind of nailed what they were going for there? I'm not really a hundred percent what, what it is that they were going for. Cause then it, it keeps sort of flip flopping around. But I think that it's just, I think it's sort of just, trying to pay a little bit of service to the fact that you know there's it's it's you know it's the very lifeblood of slasher isn't it it's it's youth culture and and anxieties amongst teenagers and i think sex in slasher films has always been you know don't you know never have sex or you will get chlamydia and die and that's been traditional slasher and then cherry falls came along and was just like ah but what if what if, but then again, something like it follows actually as well. It's just come to my mind where you kind yeah. of, if, if you do it, you transfer on this <laughs> demon and you kind of then just have to keep doing it um, in order to hope that you don't get killed, basically. So I know it's a different kind of message behind it, but essentially you do it, you stay alive. Yeah. Potentially, for the most part, hopefully. What did you like about it? Um, I can't. I can't, same as you, I can't think of like many individual scenes because, to be honest, there weren't any real standout scenes for me. There's like little moments, for better or worse. Some of them I found funny or unintentionally. Some I did find decent. So the ones I actually did enjoy um, was, or the the moments I enjoyed was the revelation that Principal Sizzler, uh, played by Joe Insko, 
and Sheriff Brent, which is Jodie's dad. Um, they raped this Laura Lee woman. So that's why they're so worried about Laura Lee coming back 30 odd years later or 20 years later, sorry, because, you know, they've got this dirty, dark secret. And he's the sheriff, you know, meant to uphold um, integrity, respect and dignity throughout the, the county. And he's actually a filthy rapist, the principal, the head of the school, dirty, filthy rapist. And you can tell that there's something wrong with it. They don't, they don't hide that the principal's weird at all. Because when his PA secretary comes in, who's, who's like half his age at the beginning of the film, he's just literally like, like slobbering like a dog over her. And she kind of almost like winks at him as to say, I know, I know you want it. It's really weird. Um, but yeah, so the principal was telegraphed as an arsehole from the start. Um, so I like the fact that the sheriff, uh, Jody's dad, is actually one of the monsters who they think is behind the serial killer. I like that. Um, and But the principal all along was kind of set up to be a bit of a tit. Yeah, yeah, the pr- the principal. I, li- I did actually really, really like the scene where uh, she's... Uh, <laughs> where she gets chased through the school and she's throwing all the science equipment on her. And then the giant shark hits the killer. Yes, I loved that bit. I was like, what the fuck is that all about? Uh, I, I laughed. I mean, that's what I put, I've, I've highlighted it in bold and in red. Giant shark hits killer. Because it's like, it hits the killer as we know it then. And if I remembered, he just goes flying back into this glass cabinet and just gets knocked yeah. out. Gets covered in ants, I think. <laughs> yeah, and it's just laying there, and, they, and then they do the old um, switcheroo when they, oh, he's in there. Turns out, turns out he's not. But it's this giant shark just absolutely looks like KO'd him for a minute. I thought that was ace. Those ants were playing like the ants on The Simpsons, where it's like, protect the queen. Which one is the queen? You're the queen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then Ken Brockman was actually doing a newscast around the corner about that. <laughs> Who are you and where are you going? <laughs> yeah, Simpsons reference, and it took twenty six minutes this time, so it's a record for us. Us, oh, yeah. you, you know, I did like that, and yeah, because after because before that, Timmy, which is Jody's BFF, I'm not sure if he's in the friend zone or not, but Timmy seems like a nice guy. He's found dead in the closet. Um, he's that was one of the scenes where originally they were going to show him being killed. It, it was a, it was apparently going to be quite a bloody death, but in the end they cut that and put him in the in the locker. Sorry, yeah, yeah. and then the killer chases Jody knocks her down and gets her all spread eagled and and then does the very slow cut to allow her to wake up a bit. Um, but yeah, but then it allowed us to see him get hit by a giant shark. So, you know, every cloud. <laughs> if someone gets hit by a giant shark, then I'm happy. Yeah, I'm just annoyed more films don't do this. Did any dogs die? I, I don't think so. They? No. No, I don't think so. Wow. I don't think so. Speaking of which, our fr- friend of the show, Nick Hendrickson, tweeted the other day, forgive me, Nick, you're a top man. I, I forgot what the film was. He sent us a pop quiz, basically. He sent us a horror film and he asked us, does the dog die in this? And I was like, well, obviously it's a dog. And he's like, no, they didn't. That's not a proper horror film, then, is it? Um, so, yeah, keep sending us pop quizzes, Nick, mate. But no, no no dogs died in this film, as far as I'm aware. And if you, if you read to the end of the credits, you'll also notice that no virgins were harmed during the making of this film as well. What, they actually put that in the credits? It's in the end credits, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, so um, I'm hoping it's a joke and not to uh, appease these senses anymore. Yeah, I like that scene. Uh, little, I liked it at the end when they're having the, the big old sex party when this the dude called Marx is walking around trying to find a lady and every time one gets close to him, they're like, what the hell is that smell? It's like, it's my cologne. They're like, ugh. And everyone just picks up on the... That's it. Was it works 100% of the time, 62%, but whatever it is. 60% of the time, it works every time. That's 
Sex Panther. And he's got too much cologne on. It's a nice little, fun little yeah, joke that they keep playing. But yeah, Sex Party. Uh, was that something you you like the sound of? Do, <laughs> excuse me? Yeah, that caught I you off would like to extend an invitation to the pants party. <laughs> yeah, there's a party in my pants and uh, <laughs> you're invited. The sex party. It's not something that I would go to. It's just a bit grubby, doesn't it? I yeah. I mean, the whole just this—that's such a bloody like you know. Oh, teenagers—they're all going to have sex in the same room. Yeah, I, is that, no, I don't want to smell somebody else's thrust. Especially like not with like my whole school. Well, I remember when <laughs> you go to school the next day, but all right, all right, Mark. Yeah, so sorry, I brushed your leg with my sack yesterday. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Whenever you had to go into the school hall for like anything where the the entire school was there, it was like anxiety and bedlam. I would never like, I'd never yeah, then be like, know. right, and now we're all going to have sex with each other. <laughs> yeah, who's first? Uh, Crap well, on scene, Yeah, <laughs> well, the scene was, um, I read about this, that they were going to film it. Everybody was going to be under a white sheet and you just kind of like see their like bodies rutting from underneath. And at the end, when Leonard Marleston went in, in the scene we got, he just slashes everyone, which I quite liked. What I we were really going to get was that. a white sheet, and it, and there would just be red splashes of blood coming from underneath it, where I'm guessing he was going to be under it, slicing people. And um, Jeffrey um, Wright loves ladies' boobies, because um, the orgy scene was basically all... It was cut for nudity, but it's basically just all female nudity. Of course, there wouldn't be any men's men's uh, willies there because for some reason you don't see those in films but um, they had to cut all that out and it's true though and um, so yeah basically it's just a load of naked women and the censors were like you're not having this so we cut it down just to some scantily clad women instead but um, yeah on that don't really see many men's willies in films do you? I'm trying to think of a man's other than like for fun like for getting Sarah Marshall jobby or something like that or or, I won't give that that's a I was going to say a film I've just been speaking about on another show, but that's like the massive twist of the entire film. So I won't mention that. You do what, see some I sometimes. Being a man's but... willy is the twist of a movie. Yeah, well, yeah, there's more to it. Yeah. Captain oh, Fantastic, okay. you see Viggo Mortensen's willy? Um, I don't know why you're being able to recall so many. Uh, the Favourite? Was there put my a... notebook down. Was there <laughs> my book of films featuring men's phallus? <laughs> Uh, the favourite, I hated it. that film, so I, I zoned out. Uh, yeah, I can't really remember, but I'm sure there was some. I'm sure there was some knob in there. Schindler's List. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, what? <laughs> Not Schindler's List. So anyway, enough of um. Of, oh um, no, the, no, the... you probably yeah no. Wasn't there? Wasn't there some guy tweeted about that saying that he um. He his mum and dad left it like a black and white movie on, and it was all these naked people, and. He saw it when he was really young and he always used to like wank to it. And then when he got older, he realized it's that bit no. in this list. <laughs> no. So he's been wanking to, to that scene from Schindler's List where all the, all the bodies are piled up. No. That's oh, a genuine thing. I'm sure it was, like, it was either on like Reddit or Twitter. It probably went on both. But some guy legit admitted to the fact that he saw it when he was young and was like, oh, nudity. And oh, just it. They're not exactly the most, you know you know, nice-looking bodies to look at as well. Oh, do you just pop that one in the bank? Well, well, speaking of Holocaust, they mentioned that in this film. They said we're going to have a Hyman Holocaust. And that <laughs> piqued my attention. I was like, that's slightly insensitive, surely. Well, that just that sounds painful. Well, I know, yeah, I'm not going to make any Holocaust jokes no, because I'm more hyper than that. But, yeah, um, you can you can do those. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'd like to retain our listeners. I mean, well, I'm not. The less said, the better, really. <laughs> yeah, I don't find the Holocaust funny in the slightest, by the way, guys. We also got I... Poontan Clang and Butt Pirate was thrown in as well. I I find the whole like, but the whole the whole concept of the fuck fest in this movie was so strange because when you think about it, it's being suggested by a rapist. The rapist is suggesting that all these children, yes. and then, and then he, he 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 suggests it to the parents. Then he just turns a blind eye and condones it. He's basically raping the town, like he's still robbing people of their choices. Right. Yeah, everyone's that... under this like dictatorship, this rapership. It's awful. Not what you want to be under, is it? <laughs> um, I was just saying about they they telegraphed that the principal was a bit of a you know a bit of a nonce. Speaking actually, I I remember because again notes professional. Wasn't I at points I was like this sheriff is really old with his daughter. Like the way the way he kind of talks her in bed, and then at one point he falls on top of her. Yes, and just looks at it, anyway. yeah, and I was like, "That's really odd." And maybe he's just really protective, which will then make him having to say, "Oh, you have to go out and lose your virginity," even harder for him because he's like, loves his daughter that much. And obviously, turns out if you by watching the film that there's more to it, and he is in fact a rapist. But uh, but then that also implies that he's a child molester, which I'm not sure is what they were going for. I think it's more like because she's kind of the she's supposed to be the the figurehead for mm-hmm. Maidenhead, uh, <laughs> so it's kind of like I think just the way that he is with her, it's really weird. But I mean, especially when because when he lands on top of her, he like lingers there just a little bit too long, doesn't he? And then she yeah. sort of sits up, and as she sits up, it's juxtaposed with flashes of the dead girl hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. And her face is like put on the dead girl's face, and it's kind of like, uh, this is really, yeah, there's something wrong here. Mm-hmm. But I thought that scene was really cool because it makes you feel so uncomfortable, doesn't it? Yeah, it did. It did. And that's, that's what I noticed. And I, was, I wondered if it's going to pay off. And of course, it does when you realize that the dad uh, slash sheriff isn't quite like the, the doting all American father he, he, he pertains to be. In fact, yeah, he's. He's got a dark past. The principal, they didn't hide it quite so much. Principal Sizzler, with a name like that, you know he's got a past. Um, a couple of other things. What was um, Kenny turned down a shag and then cried about it um, when Jodie <laughs> was on top of him with her toes in her mouth, his mouth, and then was basically saying, you know, let's just do it. And it also does, t- again, turns it back on his head, you know, all, be- joke, all jokes aside, turns it back on his head, whereas actually like, it's the guy now saying, well, well no, actually, I don't, I don't want it. When, well, not quite as in so many words, but whereas in films or even in the beginning of this film, it's the other way around. It's, you know, it's the, the female who's saying, no, look, can we wait? Whereas now it's the guy doing it and we're, we're seeing it from a different point of view. So um, I, I noticed, I, I kind of picked up on that as well, that I, I did a little switcheroo within the same film. Yeah, I, I found that be, um, really interesting. Like, obviously, it was really uncomfortable to watch actually no, I, don't, I don't like feet so the idea of someone shoving their toe into my mouth like I'd be oh God. Eat it. Has he got, he's got he's got headphones now. hasn't he yeah he has yeah, he can't he's just thinking otherwise I'm thinking I'm, I'm, he's listening now thinking yeah toes later on love no we both don't like feet like if our feet touch each other like never the twain should meet it's like we 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 separate in the bed if our feet touch got a each pillow other. between each other's feet yeah if we've got socks on, that's not too bad. But no, thank you. Um, Fair enough. But, 
anyway, the, that scene, I think that's in this film, I think that's when she starts to become like the final girl. Because mm-hmm. I think, obviously, traditionally, the final girl ends up using the killer's weapon to but i think that the killer's weapon because i think there's there's obviously there's the killer but then there's her dad and everything as well so i think she's kind of fighting against all sides and i think their weapon is just you know sexual dominance i guess or i think she sort of becomes masculinized um that's a good point and then obviously with the revelation that the killer himself is a male who's Dressing up and well, he's taking on a female persona. He's not just putting on a wig. He's going like full makeup and everything, full lipstick yeah. as well. So um, that's a good again the J word juxtaposition. That's well done as well. Um, so there was that I liked. Uh, George Washington statue at the school looks absolutely terrifying. And then <laughs> they zoom into the word erected as well, which I was like, yeah. did you need to do that? Really? I thought that bit was really thought, but then they start viciously attacking that news reporter, didn't they? He's just doing oh, his job, isn't he? <laughs> Just doing his job. Like, hands in the air, jazz hands. <laughs> I'm so, not touching. The, the and, and the chicks are like ripping his clothes off and everything, and, uh, and you can't quite tell if, if he's enjoying it or he's desperately trying to escape. Yeah, the, the high school just goes absolutely nuts, don't they? Because they're like, yeah, we're, we're probably all going to die. Yeah, and that, this is actually yeah, because they, they run a, um, a news report about there's going to be a sex party, and then there's the police officers, uh, Deputy Mina and the show, and the sheriff is like, the sheriff is, is like, you know, because the deputy says to him, you know, if we find this party, what we're going to do, we're going to shut it down. And he's like, no, just if it's the same as any party, if there's no trouble, let it go. Um, and then uh, I think it was the principal over the PA is like, none of you are going to go to this school, this party. If you do, we'll come down hard, hard on you with all, with the, all of the weights and the rough this school can muster. And then immediately, yeah, school's out for school's out for sex party. They just go and attack this poor news anchor. <laughs> oh god, I just the bits just popped into my head when he goes to the station and that absolute nutter comes in and he's like, I kissed those children like this. And I like, forgot what is that? If there's like a bit where she's um after she's been attacked in the science room. Her dad takes her to the station and she listens in on his phone call. But before that, some nutter comes in and says that he killed all the kids. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they're like the, the, uh, the wannabe, yeah, the guy who's yeah. trying to take credit. And he's yeah. like, you know what I did with those children? I kissed them. And then yeah. he, like, grabs me. <laughs> 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 it's such a weird bit. Like, <laughs> um, it I just t- popped into my head. And I, when you said what happened, I was like, shit, was that this film? Or did I also watch something else last <laughs> Shit, I could have gone along with that and made you completely think oh, you'd lost your God. mind. No, yeah, you're right. I because as soon as you said it, I was like, "Hey, what are you on about?" Um, yes, now I remember. Now, yeah, they like the um, not the, the guy trying to take credit for it, as for some reason people like to do with serial killers. Yes, I, yeah, because they'd gone in. They mentioned what the killer's mo was and what his calling cards were, and this guy comes in, he's given the completely wrong information, and do you know what he did to those kids? He kissed those kids. He kissed them. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> like this. Uh, Principal Sisler gets killed with the word virgin not on his head. Yeah, I thought that bit was a bit silly. Yeah, I don't like the way it said virgin not because it doesn't make any sense. Like in pure English terms, it, it's not a good it doesn't, yeah. coupling of words. <laughs> virgin not. Exactly. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. It literally doesn't make any sense because they not have just spent an extra two minutes in the writer's room to be like, 
first, it's going to look stupid. Second, it sounds stupid and it makes no sense. One day, two idiots from England are going to do a podcast and they're going to put us up on this. Exactly. And how right they are. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, at, yeah, I like the winter in the end scene. I like the end scene. Uh, we find out Mr. Marleston is Sheriff Brent's son after he's captured the sheriff and Jodie and he's going to have his evil way with them. Uh, so then makes him Jodie's half-brother. I like that. Kenny turns up out of nowhere to free them. The sheriff gets killed in the melee. Mr. Marleston runs out going, ah! Um, which is hilarious. And then, and, then, and then when they're having their sex party, he runs into them and they all turn around. They're like, Mr. Marleston. And he just goes, class dismissed. And then starts <laughs> slashing everyone. He goes proper crackers, doesn't he? He goes bananas, doesn't he? <laughs> Because I, I thought, like, I did think at one point that him and um, Brittany Murphy were going to kind of, like, get together or something. I thought, oh, is she going to have to, like, s- does she have to sleep with her teacher? Like, surely... Extra credit. Yeah. They set up that, didn't they? Yeah, they set up real good. <laughs> <laughs> he, he came back for one final scare, though, didn't he? He did come back for one final scare, didn't he? He just went. Oh. <laughs> he got shot in the shot by Deputy Mina, who's played by the wonderfully named Amanda Anker, A N K A. Really like Is that it name. Any relation to Paul? I was going to say, what's that guy called? Paul Anker. That's it. Uh, that's a really good point, actually. I'm going to I'm going to find out whilst whilst we're talking. I'm going to professionally check that on the old Googles. But yeah, um, I like the fact that he just. I don't like the fact, but he basically just absolutely annihilates everybody in that party. You don't necessarily see it. You just hit. You just see like blood and people falling down, which implies that they are dead. But I, so I like the fact that he basically just murks everybody, and they were going to go absolutely mental with that scene, but they did cut it down an awful lot. But as it is, it is quite a brutal scene because he then gets impaled by Jody. She uh, she pushes him off a balcony. Then, whilst he's yeah being impaled and like impossibly alive, he then gets shot as he's about to kill somebody else. And there's a kid watching with with a with a severed hand stuck in his hair, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like there's kids with like bits of like brains on their glasses and stuff, yeah. and they're like, oh, and they will break the stairs. Absolute pandemonium cracking the banisters the police officers get completely bundled it's awful it looked like fun though it did <laughs> minus the slashing mine's the other they've been penned in doom but um yeah i so the ending i thought was all right i mean the end itself was it is what it is you know the final girl gets captured doesn't just immediately get killed like they should do uh, uh someone turns up to save her he gets killed does kenny die kenny lives does he yeah, he just, oh, he no, just yeah, cut to the, and then they sort of like right. sit there kissing at the end. That's right, because he's presumed dead, uh, and then he turns up toward at the end. Um, that's right, and I remember, uh, yeah, because it's at the end, like I say, the, she gets um, rescued, and then the bad guy gets killed, comes back to life, and gets killed again. So it's very cliche as an ending. So it's funny because it, it flip flops between yeah him being dominant over her, her being dominant over him, him coming back to rescue her. It's still very. Uh, Topsy turvy. Yeah, it is very. Did you um? Did you read any trivia on this? Uh, I did. A, I read a little bit of trivia. Yes. Did you read the one about the the school boards? Like not. No. Not telling them about. <laughs> it's no. really funny. Okay, so 
Millennium Studios got permission to film in these schools, and one of them was uh, Thomas Jefferson High School. Um, but and they were filming it. They were filming it over like a school break. But what they didn't mention was that over the school break, it um, it shared the the building and the grounds with this other school. And they they didn't give the studio like they didn't give the studio the different schedules because they had different times, different times to be there. So all these gifted kids were in these classes. And then when they tried to get out of their class after it finished, they'd locked all the doors. They'd been blocked. They all the hallways were done because they'd locked it down for filming. All these kids couldn't get out of the class. They were freaking out. And eventually they they sorted all that out. but then they had to, um, so obviously then our parents were concerned about what went on. So then they had to let them know that they were filming this, 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 this movie. Mm-hmm. But they didn't really write the synopsis out properly. So <laughs> loads of synopsis. parents were complete. Yeah, it was just me basically. All their parents were then like, "You're you're filming porn on the on at the school. <laughs> like this is totally unacceptable." Like just absolutely Richmond public schools it was totally dropped the bollock sweet like, big time <laughs> what would have been better with me just running gun the principal for the gifted school is like my god is that is that Laura Lee <laughs> yeah that, that would have Tell loved me, that that's not Laura Lee <laughs> <laughs> so Jeffrey Wright completely balls up then whoever his producer is damn well needs to be fired do you know who do you know who the producer of this film was it was Marshall Persinger and Eli Selden. You got a lot to answer for, Persinger and Selden. <laughs> you got one of the like the school janitor there. They're all like he's reading the uh, the book of male willies in films. Why why the willy would there be? Yeah, where, where are these films? Yeah, I demand more willy. Um, my favorite bit of trivia was um, uh, you may have read this, but in Germany, the film oh. is titled <laughs> "Sex or Die Stab," which translates to "Sex or Die." <laughs> And in Mexico, it's released as Cora, no grits. That's not Mexican. That translates to run, don't scream, which has nothing to do with the film whatsoever. Because Cherry Falls, sex or die, run, don't scream. None of them are Cora, like, correspond to each other in any way, shape or form. Um, so there's some fun trivia. What, I've pulled a leaf out of the bloggy book here, and I'm going to throw some of these at you. I'm going to ask you, which of these is better? It's the six taglines for the film. Okay. These are official taglines. Which is the best one? Okay. Lose your innocence or lose your life. Ooh. Innocence has never been deadlier. <laughs> At Virgin High, it's put out or die. <laughs> if you haven't had it, you've had it. <laughs> I like that one. What would you give to live? And in the old Goosebumps jobby, get laid or die. No, I like if you haven't had it, then you've had it. Okay. And that was a natural tagline from a released film as well. If you haven't had it, you've had it. So, yeah, official taglines from a film, which didn't get theatrically released, but they're out there in the world. Um, Anything else? uh, That's kind of my list of what I liked. And, again, most of them were more for the fun, actually. But anything else which you dug? Um. I quite I quite like the fact that this this teacher's obviously had to do a bit of detective work to to figure out what's going on. But um the one thing that I did find extremely confusing is that it reveals that there's sort of like a clown shoe in the in the dining room. She's with her teacher with the killer and mm-hmm. 
it's before we know and they run into the dining hall to yeah. see someone and there's this clown shoe and then it turns out to be Kenny's shoe. What was he doing? Was I, he just following her around? And also it was quite that it looked to me like that was quite a fairly late at night as well. So what on earth were they doing in school that late at night? Unless it was revealed and I wasn't paying attention, but it looked to be nighttime. It was um just before the her dad said like we've got to get our kids to have That's a right. Why, why was she there for? Uh so she could chat up her teacher, I suppose. I guess so, yeah, just for plot. Um, that's why, because I couldn't work out why she actually had a reason to be there. Because uh, I know why the why um, Timmy and all that were there, because they were going to cover it for the for the school blog or whatever it was, bloggy. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then obviously he's like, give me your phone. I was like, was that a thing back then where they'd film on their phones? Because I don't remember 2000 having a phone that good. Um, but yeah, I wondered, but I just couldn't remember why she was at the school. But uh yeah. I that that whole scene like yeah when he, when he sees like the shoe on that is a they, they threw these things in like the sleepwalking I don't know mm-hmm. if it's like intentional red herrings or not but a bit pointless yeah I didn't know whether it was like was he jealous or was he following her around I don't I don't really know it was definitely jealous because he alluded to that during it because he said something about ooh Mister Mar- Mister Marliston and that's when she's like oh is that how it is type of thing um so they do allude to him being uh, Kenny being jealous so maybe it was that. They're both just as bad as each other. We've got him going out her mum like there's no tomorrow. And that other girl then, as well. His booty call. Yeah. yeah. Kids, eh? Well, this is it. Bloody deserve all that's coming to them, don't they? Yeah, I wish they got <laughs> skewed now. <laughs> I also, I did really, really enjoy the bit where she's like, what's in the trunk? And then she opens it and her dad just pops out. Like that's it. Because he's like, that's, that's right. She goes, what's, what's, what's in the box? And he's like, hey, your dad. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Like her, uh, that's a weird dad. thing to say, and it turns out he's actually her dad. <laughs> what if she didn't open it? Yeah, if she was just like, oh lol, would you have to just keep going? Like, no, well, it could be your dad. <laughs> yeah, your dad's in the case. <laughs> I murdered your dad. Yeah, just open the fucking case, please. He just starts whispering virgin to her. Drowsies. Yeah. That's it, virgin. <laughs> like the old virgin adverts, virgin. <laughs> Imagine, you know those kids, the kid, oh, you know the kids on Kindergarten Cop that are like stranger. Yeah, Virgin, <laughs> Virgin, not people jumping out, jumping out, and being like danger. Yeah. Kindergarten Cop's not a film I ever thought we'd reference on these shows. I love Kindergarten Cop. Can you do any of the quotes from that film? You know damn well what I'm talking about. Um, take it back to the carpet. No, hey, it's that guy from The Simpsons. <laughs> it's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't do that voice. Put it down. It's not a tumor. It is not a tumor. <laughs> Who is your daddy and what does he do? Who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> <laughs> That's the next game. Speaking up, <laughs> say a movie quote in an Arnie voice. <laughs> like you win immediately. Um, oh. One more. Get to the chopper. Different film. Get to the chopper. <laughs> uh, back to Death by Pod. <laughs> Death by pod. Uh, <laughs> it's Death a podcast. <laughs> uh, we have fun. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's me for the stuff I liked. Uh, yeah, Pyman Holocaust, Poontang Clan, and Butt Pirate are three word, uh, phrases used in this film. Uh, hasn't aged well, but um, anything else for you, mate? No, I think I'm done on all the things that I like. Um, oh, one more, one more. No, tension. There's a bit where he says she thinks Felatio is a character in Shakespeare. 
Yes, there is a. Uh, to be fair, I understand. I quite that. enjoyed that. Yeah, he sounds like he could be in the midsummer night stream with Puck and all that. Yeah, it would and certainly liven that up a bit. Wouldn't out it? from the woods came Felicio, blowing his own horn. Um, I'm here to see Titania. <laughs> yeah, old Cunnilingus over there. <laughs> That's some Shakespeare, isn't it? That is. Okay, good old Cunny. Good. Um, yeah, bad. I don't, to be honest, in the old bad bits, I don't really have an awful lot. I mean, I've literally got like four bullet points. One of them was I didn't think for me, I didn't find there was too much tension. I didn't. I wasn't really like paranoid and scared at any point. I did like the scene where Sheriff Brent goes to Virginia to find Laura Lee because again we start to that starts to put into our mind actually maybe this Laura Lee is behind all of this. And of course he's he's like going through her house and in the basement and. And they have that over their shoulder shot where she's actually in the house as he walks away, and it's like, oh, she was there the whole time. Like that scene, mm-hmm. um, the EDM music, like the electronic, electronic music. I really don't like that, and it is very, very like um, of its time. That music was like the <laughs> music that just permeates every scene. That's a good, good um, impression, I think, for me. And yeah, I, I know it was <laughs> over a the top. <clears throat> There you go. My well, throat's yeah. going to hurt for a week now. Um, and I know we mentioned Mr. Marleston, but I couldn't take him seriously. And I'm not sure if I was meant to, but the film itself seemed to be taking itself quite seriously. And every time I saw him with that wig on, and I was like, what the fuck has happened? Because Jay Moore is, you know, fairly successful in his field. He's a podcaster as well. What a lad. But um, I couldn't take him seriously as him, like Jay Moore, as the villain. I like the concept of the villain, but just like the way every time he every time he charges, he just screams. Every time he goes for someone, he just bellows like Brian Blessed. I was like, "What is what the hell is going on?" And um, <laughs> visually as well, I wasn't a fan of the film visually. I thought it looked I thought it looked like a TV movie, despite the fact that it wasn't actually supposed to be one. Again, maybe that's um, because of when it was filmed, but I don't think it was. It just didn't look particularly great to me. Um, but that was it. That was really it. Other than the fact that at the end waterfall just runs red and then they cut to black which i'm guessing that's the cherry falls part but um it wasn't really so i mean it wasn't really a lot i didn't like in like in like terms of actually like i really hated that mr marliston when he became mrs marliston was like what the what the hell is going on but so yeah a lot of it was actually kind of more like audio visual type stuff but uh but also i just wasn't i wasn't terrified or scared or on the edge of my seat at any real point in this film yeah, I no, I totally agree with you. I don't think that um, it certainly hasn't got the same like je ne sais quoi as like Scream or you know other other sort of reflective horror like slasher films. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it, it got really stuck between trying to be a product of the two thousands where everything was Millennium Bug and blow up bags and you know fucking lava lamps to were making quite a self-reflexive deep slasher movie and I think that it it wasn't quite sure what to do with itself at times um you know like with all the crazy editing and the music but then you've got this quite you know and the killer as well I like you say I think that there's obviously something to be said about him but the way that he was played you know I just don't I think he was he was supposed to be like an embodiment of female and male rage and mm. kind of attacking this sort of sexuality and virginity and things like that but it just didn't it 
felt like a different film. Well, it was like Scooby Doo or something. It just seemed. It's funny that because once you mentioned the lava lamps in the two thousands, it did remind me of like Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar, Scooby Doo. That's kind of what it looked like, like visually to me. But yeah, because especially when you think the killer is going is like a not a brooding killer because God knows we don't need any more brooding killers. But the impression we got was like this shoegazer killer, and it actually turned out to be a fucking mentalist who just bellows at everyone. Yeah. And I think, like you know, that the 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 guy that dies, the guy that's doing the blog or whatever, like yeah, yeah. he just he just always looked like one of the wheelers out of <laughs> Return to Neverland. <laughs> yeah. And it was kind of like, what the fuck's going? Like, just aesthetically, there was a lot of stuff that really, really didn't make any sense with this movie. Um, but as a whole, as a whole package, I would really, really love to see um, it remade. That's Probably a good show. The, you know, like the the guy Ariasta, he'd be fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look, take that fucking look off your fucking face. Uh, take that face <laughs> off your face. Face your face. Do you know what? Yeah, That's not a bad show. Tony Collette. <laughs> yes, we haven't had floating Tony. Where would she fit in this film? I guess um, she could she could save. She could be the shock where it hits him, but she doesn't need to actually like be tethered. She could just float and knock him out. Uh, let me try and think. Um, the one that's the one that's like dead on the tree. Yes, there's a scene where they like take the nails out and she just floats up. <laughs> or she could float past the back of the statue when it when you see the George Washington <laughs> statue, just in the background. Um, yeah, that, do you know what? Actually, that's that's not half a bad shot. Actually, Ariasta doing this because you've just like you just said, you hit down on the head. They they were going for something with this film. Clearly. Um, the director and the writers were going for a certain type of film. The fact that they, like you uh, like said at the beginning of the show, they changed it up a bit so it could be more serious and less comedy and all that. So they obviously had an idea in mind, but I just don't think they knew how to execute it properly. And the ending really pissed me off about the fact that they just they just lied again. So they're just perpetuating this whole... You know, no one actually gets punished for what happens. No, the rapists aren't uncovered. They... This the secret goes down with with the teacher and her dad. That's true. Um, and this Laura Lee is still going to be. Yeah, she's still going to suffer, and she's not. And I just think again in in a in a post meaty Weinstein conviction world, it would be really really interesting to see how this film would be treated and whether they would change that ending because. Unfortunately, that still rings true slightly, doesn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, from a male perspective, I, 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 I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I think now more women are kind of coming out and and speaking out, but I think there's still a large proportion that would be hesitant to, because I mean, Weinstein was a massive case with actresses and mm. you know people with clout. But I guess for the every woman, it would be quite difficult to turn around and go, "My dad was a rapist," but. Uh, you know, he was a nice guy, and we don't want to get shit for it. That was his no. mistake, kind of thing. You've only got to go on social media without meaning to turn it into a politics face. You've only got to go on to social media and see uh, somebody write something like, "I went to the went to the club the other day, went to a pub, saw someone spiking someone's drink, blah blah blah," and or, or somebody was hitting on me and he tried to touch me here or there and everywhere, and just to read the comments of people saying, "Obviously that never happened," or "You're just doing this for." for the Twitter or the Instagram clout and all that, there's still very much a, almost like a victim kind of blaming type thing. If, you know, if these things are indeed true, which why wouldn't they be? There is mm. still that kind of fear that if you do come out and say something, are people going to believe you anyway, regardless of reputation? So there is still that. 
And in a modern Me Too, um, Harvey Weinstein, the filthy, dirty, convicted rapist world, I think that they would have something to say, but then you'd still get those um, knobheads who'd just be like, SJW, they're pandering. Not really pandering, mm. is it? You know, given, you know, writing some wrongs. Yeah. But I, um, I yeah, I, I agree with that. But I think that this film could be remade and I think it could be done really well. I think it could. Disney. It's a good backbone here. Or like Jordan Peele or so someone that's just good or like even like uh, the, the Babadook lady, just someone that's really good with, yeah, someone that's good with fraught stuff. <laughs> oh, well, to be honest, any of those three, uh, Jordan Peele I'm all up for because I've liked his film so far. Ari Aster, just because... I mean, they could take this in some wild places, but but think about now: would it be? Would he go like, too kind of down the down the rabbit hole? Possibly. Jordan Peele would be the more likely. Plus, Jordan Peele's films will be more mainstream than Ari Aster's. This would clearly probably be aimed at a more mainstream audience. But again, it depends what route they went. I think it's ripe for a remake, and I'm somebody who, like we said on the Evil Dead show, if a film can be bettered. Or, or made potentially to the vision that the director may have originally had, go for it, redo it. Like the Evil Dead and Evil Dead are actually perfect examples of a film which was redone, not to make the original film better, but to bring it into the modern times with the modern effects and see what it could have looked like. And it works brilliantly. Yeah. So this, I'd love to see what somebody could do with it. And uh, I, But again, this was banned, essentially banned almost in 2000. So how far would they go with the with a brutality. Yeah, I don't know. I do because again I I suppose but I think you know with all the stuff that's going going out about invisible man and people are saying that it was handled well because it didn't really glorify the abuse apparently I haven't seen it so I can't I can't offer comment on that but <laughs> I have, apparently but it I doesn't really show. Yeah, it doesn't really show like, you know, it doesn't it doesn't glorify her being beaten up or whatever. So I think that it like I say, I think it would have to be handled correctly um for it to be good. I think if they just if it went a bit, you know, last house on the left, we don't need to see that. No. But there's still people complaining about the invisible visible man. Oh, it's been turned into a into a Me Too movie. I mean, I wonder if these people ever go out and actually smell air. Or see clouds because you must wonder what the fuck they're doing in that in their bedrooms, stinking of onion. To think that I mean, some people in this world make me wonder sometimes. But um, just watch the film and enjoy it for what it is. Uh, but yeah, for the, for a film like this, it, it's right for a remake. And even even the guy who did Invisible Man, Lee Wan Il, let him have a go on something like this. Yeah, one hundred. Well, really upgrade. Yeah. yeah. So um. I'd be happy for him to do that. I'd like to see the upgrade too as well, speaking of um, another film. but um, All right, so is there anything else you didn't like about this before we move on? No, no, I'm covered. No, that was literally it then. No, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. There wasn't anything I hated about this film, but when I was watching it, I was like, this is entertaining enough, but, you know, it's an hour and a half. It's fine. So in terms of where it sits in our DBP pantheon of films, uh, higher echelons, middle, bottom of the rung for you, mate? Um, I think, I think it would be in the middle. Yeah. Okay. It would be for me. For me, it'd be down towards the bottom. Uh, just be again. I say it almost like I'm trying to cover myself. I'm not, but we we have covered some very decent films. So um, they 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 come high for me. You've also covered a few which aren't that good. See the prodigy. This is better than the prodigy. I think. 
yeah i think yeah i think this is definitely better i think a lot of things are better than the prodigy yeah i think i think the fate that most people got from this film of being slashed up was better than the prodigy <laughs> the film oh, not the, the band prodigy really really sucks but i do want to watch it again um I'd, what i'd like to do is a, a, a commentary with bloggy watching that film <laughs> just because it'd be hilarious it would. I think it would. I, think, um, I, I, I want every six months a commentary on a film and it would be hilarious. Yeah, I think that would be good. Do it. We keep saying these things. One day we'll actually do it for you guys. One day. One, one day. So um, that is the film then. Clearly, Bloggy recommends it. I would, with the caveat that if you're looking for something which is actually going to scare you, you're, you're, you're in the wrong place. But if you want something which is entertaining, but actually does carry a pertinent message, which may not be carried off excellently, then give it a check it out. It's it's enjoyable. Yeah, just a little a little bit of a change from the from the normal slasher. Yeah, and uh, so as we always do on these shows now, we asked you guys out there, what did you think of Cherry Falls? We got a couple of responses back. Yes, Anijali fifteen said a criminally underrated gem, and McNamara Jedi said, "Being honest, I didn't like this one. It felt messy, and I thought it was a bit lame." What different opinions here? Yeah, uh, I'm, you're, so you're, I'm guessing you fall on Anu Jaylee's side, and it's a bit a criminally underrated gem. Yes, yeah, so I think it's a criminally underrated gem, but um, I I respect McNamara Jedi's opinions and views. Because it is a bit messy at times. I side more with the Jedi, but I don't think it. But to a point, I didn't think it was lame. Uh, I just thought it felt a bit messy, and like Bloggy just kind of touched upon quite well. There is there is a good story here. There's a great spine to this film, which if redone, maybe with a more a better touch. Dare I say, no disrespect to Jeffrey Wright, but there is a good story here, which which can be bought out more by somebody else potentially, I think. So, um, yeah, they, that's our comments. Thank you guys for comments and for the others, which we didn't shout out. If we didn't, thank you. Keep sending them in and we will shout you out in future shows. Now, to end the show, as we do with every show, it's the bit that we love doing. It's the bit that you love hearing. Let's not lie. It's a death by pod game. And this one is simply called Say What? And what's going to happen is uh, this is inspired by Bloggy Balboa's genius from the uh, aforementioned Prodigy episode. Basically, we are going to use Google Translate on our on our mobile devices to translate the titles of three horror movies into a language of our choosing, and the other one has to guess the title. So we're going to put a film title in, have Google translate it to another language, and the other one's got to guess what film it is. So, um, Bloggy, three films. Are you ready, mate? Do you want to go first? Oh, this is going to be a tricky one. Trick or treat. Trick or treat. Okay. Um, I've got some. I think all of mine are really hard, but I'm going to do the hardest one first. Okay. I'm ready. Um, hold on. The Hollow Man. Well, that's ruined it, hasn't it? <laughs> the Hollow Man. <laughs> Correct. Did you press the English one by mistake? It was no, it wouldn't let me do. I, I put it to Hawaiian. <laughs> Hawaiian, surely just American. No, because they've got their own language, haven't they? Well, it's Hollow Man. I'll I'll let you do another one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm keeping this in. Um, This is gold. The Hollow Man. Okay, here's here's one that isn't the Hollow Man. Okay. (laughs) Wzgórza mają oczy. 
Maybe maybe this game is harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, what was that again? Wzgórza mają oczy. That's Polish. Wzgórza mają oczy. Is it the something? Yes. Wzgórza mają oczy. The... Oczy, the oczy. The Exorcist. No. Yeah. It's the hills. It's the hills have eyes. Ochi must mean eyes. The hills have eyes. Thanks for that, Google. <laughs> Just in case I didn't get that, I'm going to do that for you as well. Oh, man, this is actually really hard. I got the first word right though. D. Oh, I can't believe that the Hollow Man went went so awry. It's awry. Well, you can, in the meantime, think of another one then. So I am not for one. You ready? This, I think I think this one's fairly simple, um, but it's whether or not you get it. We'll decide that. So you ready for this one, mate? Yes, I'm ready. Here we go. Area. <laughs> Area. Area. Um. Area. <laughs> What I just what like what language is it? <laughs> it's Japanese. Area. Oh. I'll give you a kind of a clue. If you listen very close to the first syllable, it's pretty much the same in English. So here we go. Area. Uh, um, Area. Is it the Exorcist? Is it no, the Exorcist? it's not. I like the fact we've both gone for that. <laughs> do, you, do you want to know what it is? Yeah. Aliens. Oh, of course Aria. it is. Aria. Alien is Aryan. Okay. All right, this is tough, this is. Okay. Tough. So not, not both of us, not for one. Not for one. Okay, are you ready for this? Da-na-na. Siagones. Right, it doesn't sound nothing like the word. Siagones. Siagones. What language is that, as if it helps? It's Greek. Is it start with the again? No. Fuck. Is it one <laughs> word? Yes. So one word Halloween. No. Oh, damn it. It is. What is it? Google. Jaws. Oh, good shout, actually. Um, well, I was quite close to the fact that I had one word. Yeah. But really, I, I was so. not close at all. <laughs> I've just known Claxon. Oh, no. No, we've got to have a Claxon. I ain't having this. Right. Get this one right, please. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Your next one is as follows. Le brillant. Le brillant. Two words. Le brillant. It's French. Right. Le brillant. No, no, um, okay. Okay, um, does it start with the? Yes. Le brillant. Le brillant. It's not the exorcist, I will say that. Le brillant. (laughs) Okay, okay, it's, um, the, uh, the omen. The shining. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Shining Le Brillant Le Brillant is The Shining Oh no Not for two Why can't we understand foreign languages Why didn't they teach us these in school 
I wish that you could see my face right now. It's just, I'm so confused. Contorted in pain, is it? Yeah, I'm just going, ooh. Your poor, um, your beard <laughs> to be fit, to be sitting there thinking, what the fuck? I they're meant to be talking about horror films. What's he doing? Blood up. <laughs> okay. All right, are you ready? Uh, I'm, I was born ready for this game. Okay. Anaconda. <laughs> You're That's kidding. Anaconda. <laughs> You're right. Anaconda. Yes, Glaxon. <laughs> it turns out that Anaconda in Hungarian is Anaconda. <laughs> Sounds like remember, it's like the, the Prodigy episode. Check out our episode for that. When you asked me what's paprika in Hungarian, I said, like, I don't know, paprika. And it is. Anaconda. Anaconda. I thought that you would stop talking, but you just ploughed through. And I was like, well, I'm not going to stop pushing this button now. Just keep just going. Like I'm just going to see how long it will take for you to snap. Anaconda. Anaconda. It's more that she says Hanaconda, it sounds to me like. Anaconda. 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 <laughs> Anaconda. 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 Condescending is Google. Anaconda, not Hannah. Anaconda. Sending, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I've got, I'm going to play the claxon one more time for good measure. <laughs> there it is. Thank you very much. Just in case we don't hear it again until the next time. Your final one. You may get this one. Okay. You may get this one. I've, here we go. Is it you Anaconda? Ready? Oh. No, it's not. And it ain't the exorcist either. Okay. Here we go. You might get it. Here we go. Three, two, one. Google, hit me up. Ereditaria. Ereditario. Ereditario. It's feminine and masculine, so fe- it's Italian. Ereditaria. Ereditaria. Um, uh, it is. Yes. We have covered this on the show. As an actual yeah. main show. Hereditaria. 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 Um, I can't concentrate with you. Um, um, in English. Oh, is that your final answer? Yeah. Hereditaria. Hereditary. Oh. Okay. Hereditaria. Oh, stop. <laughs> Hereditary. Hereditaria. Here is hereditary. Anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's one, so it ends up being one. So I only got that because you picked the same one in Hungarian, basically. Um, you can never trust a Hungarian. Well, hold on. The hollow man. <laughs> I would just for the record, I would never have got the horror hollow man. Gezula Kashembad. Paprika. Good times. Lesorchista. That's the exorcist. So there we go. That's what it sounds like in Italian. Sounds spicy in Italian. So I win. I win. Anyone out there playing along? Firstly, well, well done. And secondly, let us let us know. Did you actually understand any of that? Did you get any of them? Do you speak any of those languages? And can you attest? Because according to Google, the the translations were community verified, so they are uh, genuine. So I'd love to know if anyone's out there who speaks Japanese, Italian, Hungarian, Greek, and all the other ones, whatever they speak in Fairbanks, Alaska. Did you get any of those? I don't think. I think that anaconda will be the one that will be wrong. 
Um, I don't believe that anaconda is anaconda in Hungarian. But you're trying to take away my point. No, no, not at all. I'm just, um, I would just very much like some people. If you're Hungarian and also a referee, (laughs) you could be an adjudicator (laughs) for this, please. Yeah. Um, Well, as as it stands, paprika and anaconda are extremely Hungarian words. Uh, So I'll take the pat on the back for that one. Uh, that was my game, and I quite enjoyed that. Next up is going to be Blogging All Balboa's game, and they are always a doozy. Uh, so that is that then for this episode of Death by Pod, and what a wonderful episode it was too. I'm sure you will agree. That was Cherry Falls, and it's good to revisit old films, which I may not have watched again. So uh, nice one, Bloggy. No worries. No, uh, so next up, we're going to be covering Orphan. So uh, keep your ears and your eyes out for that in the coming weeks. Um, so yeah, once again, thank you, Bologi, for coming on and giving your wit, your wisdom, and your uh, humour, your gags. Uh, thank you again, mate. No worries at all. Thank you for having me. Any time. Um, and if anybody in the world wants to read the uh, works which I was effusing earlier on, or, or just see more of you, where can they? You can find me at Bloggy Balboa on Twitter and on WordPress. And the uh, wedding details will be uh, on Instagram very soon. If you want to find more of me, what I watch tonight.co.uk, what I watch tonight on Twitter, Instagram, don't really use the Facebook page that much, but they were on there if you really fancy it. Um, Listen to the show, find find the show, sorry, on Twitter and Instagram at deathbypod on both of of the aforementioned socials. And we post all the show details, polls, questions, funny memes, maybe pictures of Bloggy's hair. I don't know. Or we're blogging a veil. Uh, that's going to be up on there so check that out follow us on there we'd love to hear more from you thank you for all of you who've been sending us kind messages and supporting and retweeting and sharing and all that good stuff it really does mean the world to us so thank you very much but until our next episode which again is orphan from me is Sia and from bloggy anaconda <laughs> that was that was German was it Bye-bye. it was good <laughs> anaconda oh, fuck. I'll feel the same I mean <laughs> you idiot bye <laughs>